Welcome to Meet the Manufacturers podcast, brought to you by Manufacture CT and sponsored by Cone Resnick. Advisory, assurance, tax, and online at coneresnick.com. On every episode, we take the opportunity to learn more about a local manufacturing business. On this edition of Meet the Manufacturers, I have the great pleasure of speaking with Alison Green, the Research and Development Manager, and Jeff Flynn, the Site Manager of BYK. BYK is a leading global supplier of speciality chemicals. Amongst other things, BYK additives improve scratch resistance and surface gloss, mechanical strength, UV and light stability, and flame retardancy. BYK has over 2,300 employees around the world, more than 35 laboratories worldwide, and almost 150 years of expertise. From the production site in Wallingford, Connecticut, Alison and Jeff, welcome to Meet the Manufacturers podcast. Question for you, Alison. Tell me a little bit about the company and the products that you make and the role that you have there. Thanks, Claire. So BYK, or BIC, is a specialty additives company. We specialize in a numerous variety of polymeric and clay-based additives that are sold into a very large variety of end-use markets. So the best way I like to describe it is that anything you can see or touch probably has one of our additives in it. A little more specifically, we sell into paints, coatings, industrial applications. We also have gas and oil business. So very broad chemical technologies to meet a large variety of technical challenges out in the market. Our core technologies focus on wetting and dispersing additives, which when you think about paint, the best example there is how do you disperse the pigment? How do you make your paint look nice? Um, And so then we also think about surface and defoaming additives that really control your surface properties of a coating, how they look, feel. And again, you know, thinking back to a paint example, you know, how do you make your paint look nice? Also, we have rheological additives. The world of rheology is incredibly complicated. But again, when you think about paint, how do you get your paint to flow and stick to the wall when you're painting your room? Uh, Rheology additives play a huge part of that. And we have a very diverse portfolio of technologies to solve customer needs there. And again, I'm talking about technology because I'm the manager of the R&D department here at our Wallingford, Connecticut site. And we cover our polymeric additives here in our research and development. So that's new product development, production support, everything under the sun to bring a quality product to our customers' hands. Wow, you've got a a tall order there, that's for sure. How long have you been with the company, Alison? I've been with the company for just over six years now. Amazing, amazing. Jeff, tell me about your role and your responsibilities, and how long have you been with the company? Thank you, Claire. I'm Jeff Lynn. I'm the site manager of the BIC manufacturing uh, site in Wallingford, Connecticut. So my primary responsibilities are the plant manager for the operations organization and then indirectly responsible for the the whole site in terms of safety and support for the 180 some odd people that are here. How long have you been with the company? Claire, yeah, so I've been with uh, BIC for four years now. Came from a a very diverse R&D and operational experience, both in the semiconductor industry and the specialty chemical industry. 
So you've always been in this field, I guess. I guess one of the questions I'm always keen to ask on this podcast in particular is, was manufacturing always going to be your your focus in your career, Jeff? Great question. So as a young child, I was always very interested in how things worked. So I would consider myself more of an engineering mind, and that's evolved into an operational professional mind. You know, I think of operations or manufacturing as both engineering and manufacturing or production. Yeah, so, very much uh, so. Very much so. And was it always the plan, Jeff? Did you uh, have you worked solely in manufacturing your entire career, or did you fall into it? Probably evolved into it. I actually started as a research engineer early in my career. Spent a, a bit of time developing new chemicals materials for a company called ATMI in Danbury, Connecticut. Had a pretty successful several years there and then was offered promotion, I think a few days after my marriage, to move out to Phoenix, Arizona as a production engineer. And so uh, from there, I never looked back. Uh, It's been production all the way, production and operations, and uh, been an interesting 20 plus years. I can only imagine. Alison, what about yourself? Research and development, was that always the end game in terms of your career? Thanks, Claire. Yeah, I think research and development has always been, you know, a a core driver for me. You know, I'm a chemistry nerd by trade and by profession at this point. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, when I was going through my academic career, you know, research is really what like caught my attention and I think drove my interest in becoming a good chemist. But I think as I've matured through my career, you know, I think once I got out of school, I, you know, I said, okay, I can, I can stay in academia or I could go into industry because I think what really has drive, drove me through my career is seeing products actually get out into the market and seeing them, you know, developing something that I can actually touch or see an impact from it. And so I think that's always been a driver in research and development. Um, You know, I love the the buzzword of innovation, but it's it's really fun to innovate new products um, and to meet a need of a customer or introduce something new that is exciting for the market. So um, it's been a driver and it continues to be a driver for me. I think that's one of the the common themes that comes out of these podcasts and people who work in manufacturing is that satisfaction that at the end of their day, or at the end of their working week or whatever time frame it is, you've got something physical, tangible, you can see that you have created. And uh, I like that. I kind of like that. I think it's uh, it's quite rewarding rather than pushing paper around a desk. So um, I can totally get on board with that. Tell me a little bit, if you don't mind, about your day-to-day. What does an average day look like for you, Alison? Because I've got this image of Beaker from the Muppets at the moment, that you're in a laboratory in a white lab coat. Break that stigma for me. Tell me, what does a research and development uh, manager do on the daily? Yeah, so a research and development manager, although I would love to say it is the beaker stigma of white coats and beakers, and don't get me wrong, (laughs) we definitely have some of that happening here, because otherwise, how do we get the work done? Um, But, you know, on a day-to-day, the reality is, is we're, you know, I spend most of my time looking for opportunity for our department to grab, you know, new uh, needs to meet the organizational needs, whether that be a new product introduction, you know, I think collaborating with all of the different departments here at BIC is a huge part of my time because we need to identify the needs of the organization. And so, you know, you can't sit in a box and mix up chemicals if you don't have a driving force for it. 
it. So I spend a lot of my time collaborating with the organization, whether that be with the manufacturing team and Jeff's team, whether our sales team, our end use specialists, where we really are looking for, you know, hey, we have a product opportunity with a customer. And then I bring that back with the team in a collaborative way to say, hey, how can we solve this problem? And so that's a very high level overview of my day to day. But, you know, it's a lot of experimentation, but it's a lot of collaborating with all of the different departments here at BIC to, you know, make some of these projects become a reality. Yeah, and seeking out those new opportunities. That's exciting stuff. A question for you, Jeff. Come on then. Tell me what your, what does an average day look like for you? I don't literally mean, you know, I walk in the office at 8 a.m., but how does it look daily for you? Claire, thank you for the question. I think what's most interesting about BIC and day-to-day work here is um, given the diverse number of products we have, the challenges and opportunities we have are pretty diverse day-to-day. As an operation professional, I think a lot of the time that I spend in recent months and years has been helping the company to grow. The site here in the last year and a half has seen growth upwards of 73%. Uh, We're projecting potentially growth beyond 123% moving into 2022. So with that comes a number of challenges and opportunities. And the way I look at things in my role is to try to find a path to support the products we're making in the industry at a very high quality level, but at the right quantity and cost levels that meet our customers' needs. And As you can imagine, with that trajectory comes some obstacles. Uh, I like to say sometimes we (laughs) get the the cart a bit in front of the horse and we, as Allison had said, we innovate maybe in a little bit different way, not necessarily coming up with a new chemistry, but we need to innovate to find a path to meet those demands from safety to quality to the quantity for our customers. It really is so problem-solving based, isn't it? Um, Tell me a little bit about the equipment, the machinery at the plant that you kind of oversee there. Yeah, thank you, Claire. So our equipment, uh, we have a diverse set of reactors here. There are over 14 assets, multi-million dollar reactor assets at the site that we produce over 161 products in about 20 product families. Many of the reactions we run are very energetic. They're complex organic chemistry, as Allison had alluded to earlier, and safety and quality is quite uh, paramount. And we take that very seriously. Uh, Our additives are going into a variety of very high-end applications in a lot of cases, and we need to make sure that work is done with those two priorities in mind. Our equipment, you know, the unit operations, as us chemical engineers like to call them, are pretty diverse. Although most of it's batch reactor operation, we can be doing some distillation, separation, filtration, dosing a chemical components to control energy in the reactor so we don't have a bad day in the plant, so to speak. And there's about a dozen unit operations in various sorts that we run depending upon the product. Plenty to keep you busy by the sounds of it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> question, yes. question, a question for you, Alison, if I may. Can you tell me about the management structure or the employee culture that you have at BIC? 
Yeah, thanks, Claire. So our management structure here at BIC, you know, we're in general a matrix organization, we're global, but we have our North America headquarters here in Wallingford, Connecticut, and we also have multiple sites across the U.S. and in North America, outside of Europe and in Asia. So we are truly global. And what that requires is, I think, a diverse management team to support that. So we have our local organizations as well as our global organizations. But again, we're a matrix, so we have interaction across the board. Locally here, uh, we have a very core group, as Jeff alluded. We have about 180 employees here on the site in Wallingford, Connecticut, and our management team is local. And also, I would say one of the best um, aspects of the culture here at uh, BIC, and especially in Wallingford, is that I think there's an enormous amount of visibility and transparency. So, you know, we're a very collaborative environment. And I think that the culture for all employees is that you have a direct line to your management team. And so I think the activities that are ongoing within the company are very clear, which really helps give visibility into, you know, kind of the who, what, where, when, why, and how we're doing our work on a daily basis. And I think that's just been an enormous strength. I had previously come from a very large company and inherently that's just more challenging when you have um, exponentially more employees. But here, I think we have a really nice local culture where, you know, we all have visibility into the core functions of everyone's roles. And so you kind of understand why you're doing some of the work you're doing and how it impacts other departments, uh, which I think is a, is a nice strength. Jeff, I don't know if you want to add something to that. Sure. Thank you, Allison. Uh, you know, I, I think you uh, characterized our culture quite well. Um, you know, I just add, uh, it's a great opportunity, you know, for uh, different parts of the organization to work together. You know, Allison and I team very often on some pretty critical projects to keep the business moving. And there's a, a number of fine professionals like her in the organization, a number of uh, very competent managers that help this very innovative business move forward. So it's uh, quite an interesting place to be. It's quite a rewarding place to be and some really competent folks to work with. That's amazing. Tell me then about the pandemic. Jeff, question for you. How do you feel the pandemic has affected the business or, or indeed has it affected the business? Have you had any issues, for example, with the supply chain or getting products out to your customers? Yeah, it's uh, Claire, it's been quite impactful in, an, in a number of ways. I mean, uh, Early on, uh, you could imagine in a manufacturing environment with the number of people we have on site, it, it was somewhat a little uh, frightening, you know, and how we would continue our business operations and manage through it. And I can say we've actually done quite well there. We've very much minimized any spread at the site and we've controlled, you know, the coronavirus quite well here, the priority being the, the safety and well-being of our employees. From a business perspective, you know, although some of the aspects of this coronavirus have been quite detrimental to certain demographics and people and things like that, it's been very, very uh, prosperous for us from a business perspective at Epic. Our volumes, our revenues are up very significantly. You can imagine, as you hear in the news and other things, that many people are taking staycations, they're spending more time at their home renovating or doing those projects they weren't 
doing historically in that do-it-yourself market has been a real boost to our business and a variety of our, you know, 16 plus end uses, we call them, have grown very significantly in the past year. Allison, you care to, to add anything to that regarding coronavirus and our business? Yeah, thanks, Jeff. I think you summarized that really well. And I would just kind of second what Jeff is saying. You know, I'll speak from kind of the technology piece. You know, we see like a shift in the market needs now, which has created some very interesting, some needs that we need to meet. And I think that it's been exciting and an opportunity. And it's also uh, invigorated everyone on our site to start to get really creative with how to bring solutions to meet this, you know, really large increase in demand and supply that we're looking at today. So great opportunities for all of us from a technical standpoint. And then, you know, I think that's to me from a personal perspective, our management of the coronavirus and, you know, maintaining a safe working environment because we all have very hands-on roles um, in keeping, you know, Jeff has done a phenomenal job of keeping the plant running and everyone safe on our site. Um, it's also enabled us to really focus on these opportunities and we've been able to, you know, really not miss out on the opportunity because we've been able to provide a safe working environment during what we'd all consider a crazy time. Undoubtedly, one of the craziest times I can certainly ever remember. You know, and interestingly, I guess coronavirus has given us incredible opportunities. I mean, the growth that you guys are talking about is quite phenomenal, but also things like for certain staff, remote working has jumped maybe 10, 15 years ahead uh, when companies are realizing that actually it wasn't the end of the world for some people to be working remotely and it kind of pushed the culture of where and how we work into a different direction, which certainly for people like me has been a, a huge asset, that's for sure. Jeff, question for you. Other than coronavirus, are you tackling any other new or exciting opportunities other than keeping up with that huge demand you have? Yeah, in, in the plant, it's uh, it's been a challenge, as you can imagine, with the uh, economic growth that we're seeing not just in BIC, but in the world and around the country in our industry, there are some pressures, there are some opportunities and challenges in the supply chain, raw materials. Some of you may recall that in Texas, we had a pretty deep freeze a couple months ago that created a ripple in some of our fundamental derivatives that make some of the specialty chemicals for our products. So there's been a number of challenges we've needed to manage through from raw materials to packaging to just labor, right? Labor to help, you know, qualified labor to help the business grow. We've hired over 20 people in manufacturing in the past 18 months, and we're set to hire another dozen or so here coming in the, in the coming several months. So it's been a growth environment filled with constraints and opportunities. And and we've somehow found a way to manage through it pretty successfully, which has really been quite rewarding for the organization as a whole. Fantastic. It's interesting you should touch on recruiting because that was going to be my next question. You're a mind reader, Jeff, as well as a superstar plant manager. What advice would you give to somebody who is looking at potentially exploring a career in manufacturing? Or in fact, why should somebody even explore a career in manufacturing? Is there any particular schools, training programs or advice you would give to a young person or somebody returning to the workforce looking to move into a manufacturing sector? 
Uh, sure. Yeah. So I think a few words of advice there. You know, one thing that, uh, you know, broadly or very generally, I like to share with folks, if you're looking to do something in work, right, in a work environment, and you're going to spend as much time as you do in it, it's really important that you enjoy it. You know, there's no sense spending eight, 10 hours at work and, and being miserable. So learning about the industry, learning about what's involved in chemical manufacturing, whether it be through local trade school, there's a number of local trade school programs or even uh, technology programs or even engineering programs in the local areas that can hone your skills and develop you as a chemical professional. Uh, really understanding what you're getting into is important and understanding what's involved. Uh, here at BIC, uh, we run a, a very safe operation you know, running a very clean and environmentally sustainable operation is very important to the organization, our shareholders in Germany. And, you know, I think we change the game a bit when we look at, you know, what a chemical manufacturing site might be historically viewed as. And I think we're generally a very clean organization when it comes to that, although sometimes chemical industries could have certain historic overcharacterization of what the chemical industry is, but we you know, run an operation that's generally very clean and uh, environmentally focused, right? So we take that stuff very seriously here and we ensure that the safety of our employees are paramount. So I would welcome, you know, a younger professional or mid-career professional that's looking to, uh, or any professional for that matter, that's looking to make a change to explore it, reach out, learn more about what you're thinking you want to do. And, you know, I would say in general, the especially chemical industry is a quite a real interesting industry to get in to or get involved in. If you think about your day-to-day -day life now, chemicals or specialty chemicals are in many or most of the products you use today, whether they be BIC additives, surface coatings, or paint coatings, or things of that sort that we serve generally, or whether it be plastics or you know uh, your food containers or things of that sort. Chemicals are in every or almost every aspect of your daily life in some manner. So it's quite a lucrative, you know, uh, career opportunity if you're interested in getting into that type of area. And I would welcome you to reach out to anyone in that industry or Allison or myself to share more about why that would be interesting to you. That's a really great opportunity for people. And we'll certainly put some contact details at the end of this podcast. Alison, anything to add? Any advice you would give to somebody wishing to explore a career in manufacturing? Yeah, I mean, I think Jeff did a great job there. I guess the only topic I would add to it is that, you know, there's a lot of opportunity in manufacturing in the sense of there's always a need for things to be made. And I mean, we have seen that here at BIC, the increase in demand and our already broad portfolio continues to grow. So we have a lot of opportunities to, you know, really make impacts on getting product out the door. And I would also say that if you're interested in doing something that isn't necessarily routine in the sense of, you know, we have a broad uh, manufacturing scope for our materials and our products that come out our door, it's, uh, I like to say, never a dull moment um, in the sense of, you know, we have a, a lot of interesting chemistries that we work on. So if you're inquisitive and want to know more about that aspect, you know, I'm always happy to answer any questions, as Jeff said, but, you know, it keeps the mind interested, in my opinion.
opinion. <laughs> Absolutely. More of a personal question for you, Alison, then on to you, Jeff, if I may. What three people or figures have had perhaps the most impact on your life or your career to date? Yeah, thanks, Claire. That's an interesting one. Um, and maybe one that I don't think enough about. From a career perspective, you know, I always am very grateful to my graduate advisor, Dr. Lawrence Scott uh, at Boston College, uh, now retired, but he really instilled in me not just good chemical background and whatnot and academic training, uh, but really I think what he instilled in me is how to really become a leader. And that is something that I haven't taken lightly over the last few years to really understand how to lead a technical group and to tackle opportunities as they come to you. So he was a just fantastic mentor that really, I think, set my pace for my career. And then, of course, my family has been very important and influential and supportive as my career and personal life have developed over the years. My dad is actually a chemist. Um, so although <laughs> I always you. thought, yeah. <laughs> exactly, I always thought what he did was really boring. Um, I shouldn't say that, but no, I, I'm kidding. But, you know, I, I always saw it as kind of interesting. And, uh, you know, he, he really gave me kind of that confidence to explore being a chemist um, and then the support from the rest of my family has been lovely. So I guess that's kind of the summary of the most influential to me, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Jeff, what about yourself on a personal level? Well, three people or figures could be people in history have had the most impact on your life or your career. I would say early on, one of the most influential folks in, in my life, you know, would be your parents. And in particular, my father was, was really influential for me to, get into the, I would say the world of engineering and, and operations. He always helped me learn. You know, we would always do very special projects uh, together, whether they be home improvement or building a Heathkit TV, I might date myself there, or, you know, um, repairing certain things uh, in the home or on the car. So um, I think I got my engineering mind from him. You know, through the last 20 years, um, the second person that was most influential uh, or impactful in my career was was very much my wife. She helped me learn and continue to balance that that work life um, element of of being a professional and and making sure that you come back to what's most important in life and that is your family, but also spend enough time and enough focus uh, on your professional life to, to support you know your career and the business that you're you're helping to drive. And I think the last piece. Uh, was a past executive that I had in a prior company. And uh, I think as Allison had mentioned, you know, having someone there to mentor you to become a true leader and help you understand what leadership is. Um, I think sometimes the word manager is probably a misnomer. I, I look at certainly as Allison and, and myself as a leader, of people of, of the organization to help drive the business opportunities and help folks achieve. And managing may seem maybe a little negative connotation at times. Past executives really helped me understand what it's all about to lead people and how to treat them, how to develop them, how to stretch them, how to make it very rewarding for them to be successful within a business. A very sound advice, certainly. So when you're not focused on your work, Jeff, what do you like to do to relax? Television, hobbies, sports? 
As I was mentioning in an earlier conversation, I, I have five children and they all are hockey players. So when I'm not spending quality time at BIC, uh, collaborating here with the, the team, Alice and others, I spend quite a bit of time watching my children and helping them develop in their personal interests, uh, one of those being hockey. You know, an engineer by background, I like to have a number of special projects. I like home improvement, working on vehicles or certain, you know, motors and things that uh, have complicated parts. So I do spend quite a bit of time doing that work on my own. I've always find it very interesting. I would tell you my youngest, Beatrice, is probably the most proficient car repairer in our family right now. So she's taking quite uh, warmly to it in the past years. I think that fills up most of my spare time quite well. Um, I'm sure five children does, Jeff. I'm absolutely confident. <laughs> and you mentioned uh, fur babies as well. So the, clearly they keep you very busy. Yes. Alison, what about your good self? When you're not focused on your work and uh, and being a, a chemical nerd, is it you called yourself a chemical nerd? I love that. I can still see Beaker, by the way. What do you like to do to relax and unwind? No people babies, but I definitely have fur babies that keep me busy. My husband yes. and I have uh, two fur babies that are uh, two dogs. They're whippets, like little greyhounds. Oh, um, and so they are lovely. Um, so we spend a lot of time outside. I mean, that that is my favorite pastime is hiking and adventuring. Um, and so the dogs are wonderful companions for that. And sometimes I think they drive us to look for adventure on a regular basis. One of them is very into frisbee but the pandemic kind of put her frisbee career on hold so we're working on reinvigorating that but um you know otherwise you know I am a chemist so I like to like cook and bake although I think that my baking skills I think my chemistry skills are better than my baking skills but I keep trying so that's always a fun pastime for us and you know I'd love to say that uh, we don't watch tv but we watch plenty of tv to to unwind you know I spend so much time thinking about technical topics it's it's a good pastime to unwind and be a little mindless for a bit. Absolutely. You got to rest the brain. And uh, sounds like you need a little bit more research and development in the baking sector. That's kind of fun. I kind of like Absolutely. <laughs> there are some uh, failings to your, your skills, should we say, in the chemical uh, world. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Okay, last couple of questions for you guys, if I may. We'll start with you, Alison. What would you say, Alison, has been your greatest success, both professionally and personally, and why? Oh, that is a great question. That's why they um, pay me the small bucks, Alison. That's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a deep one. Um, professionally, I would say my biggest success has really been my time here at BIC uh, specifically and being involved with the development of the R&D team here. Um, when I came on the plant, uh, we had a big plant expansion. It's been a really rewarding six plus years watching uh, not only the development of the organization here in Connecticut, but the development of our team. And I mean that, you know, we have of just about 12 chemists that we've kind of brought on most relatively fresh out of school, um, some with experience, so a, a good variety of experience levels, but really watching 
uh, my team grow and mature. They're watching their contributions to the organization have been really, really exciting and they make my life easier. So uh, that's been a really proud moment to watch the development of the research and development department uh, here at BIC. And then personally, um, you know, I think at, at a high level, you know, one of probably my proudest achievements was you know, when I finished grad school, I remember when I was uh, getting my degree, you know, I, I think I had moments where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing this for, and I'm not quite sure where that'll go. But now in retrospect, it was such a formative experience, not just from the academic aspect of it, but from the interactions and collaborations and really kind of setting the groundwork for me to develop as a professional. So I'm grateful that I got that experience and I'm, I'm really proud of it because I think it's really enabled uh, my career path. So I'm grateful for that. Amazing. Jeff, same question for you, if I may. What has been your greatest success, both professionally and personally, and why? Yeah, I would say um, I came to BIC to help drive growth. And, and since I've been here for the past four years, that's exactly what we've been doing in the Wallingford site from an operations perspective, from a manufacturing perspective. And when you think of growth, um, you know, what's been most rewarding and interesting and successful for me has been um, watching and, 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 and helping and mentoring the teams to grow, right? So when you think of a professional working in an industry, folks like to achieve, right? And you want your organization, you want your team to be successful. So helping remove the barriers, helping enable folks to be more successful in their day-to-day -day jobs and their projects and, and the innovations that they're working on has been, I think, one of the most rewarding and successful things that, that I've been able to achieve in the last uh, few years here. Um, and, and that's been able to enable the trajectory of the volume growth we've seen in the business here. You know, without quality people in a business working together, uh, like we mentioned earlier, you're not going to be able to uh, develop a very complex chemistry and a high quality manufacturing process like we've we've done here, whether it be through support of R&D or whether it be through our engineering or operations organization. So I would say that, you know, professionally, that was most interesting, most successful for me. Personally, uh, you know, I think it comes back to the family, working with my wife to develop five young uh, maturing adults and helping them to you know find a way in in this world and a place in this world where they can contribute in a successful way has been you know most rewarding for me personally it it's certainly very different than you know managing a, a manufacturing organization or a chemical plant um, <laughs> i bet it is <laughs> slightly different tactics with your mentoring with your own family perhaps in certain situations. I think my wife's taught me a lot about how to do that on the personal level. We've done a pretty good job. I would say she's done an, an incredible job and I've supported her through developing these young adults that are, are starting to go off into the world and do uh, wonderful things in our communities. 
Amazing. And I certainly know where to uh, where to go when my car breaks down. It's your daughter, for sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Last question for you, if I may, then, guys. Predictions about the future of manufacturing in your humble view. Uh, it could be about doing business here in the state of Connecticut. It could be on a more global scale. But what are your predictions, Jeff? We'll start with you on the future of manufacturing in your view. Yeah, you know, in the chemical industry and in a specialty chem industry in particular, especially here at PIC, uh, one of the interesting things we've been working on the past couple of years is data analytics and, and more automated processes. Given the, the, the chemistry that we're running to the point of, you know, AI and fully automated factories per se, you know, the, what we're doing is, is too complex and safety oriented and quality oriented perhaps to get there in, in the next decade. But we're spending quite a bit of time driving more efficiencies into the organization through data analytics. We use a particular software package called Spotfire. It's a TIBCO platform and it helps us become more efficient in the way that we solve problems. It connects a lot of data together and it allows us to get insights into things that would normally take weeks um, now take hours and being able to respond very quickly in a manufacturing environment to a problem or opportunity and come up with a very good and thorough database answer and and action associated with that problem or opportunity is pretty critical helps you generate a, a far more safe work environment a, a far higher quality level and uh, a far more productive workforce Alison, what about yourself? Your, uh, get your crystal ball out and give me your predictions for the future of manufacturing, or whether it be in Connecticut or globally. Yeah, I mean, I think the future for manufacturing is there's always going to be continued opportunities. Um, you know, as Jeff and I have talked about, there's continuing changing market needs and supply constraints that we're all living through right now, but the demand continues to go up and or shift. Um, and I think what's important for us as an organization is to remain flexible. And as Jeff was highlighting, you know, some automation data analytics to enable us to, uh, you know, not rely on a tribal knowledge and be drive to solutions faster. Um, and that's going to continue to be an exciting area to focus on over the years to come. But I think the way I look at it if, from a broad perspective is that the opportunities are out there in manufacturing. I think when you talk about global versus local, you know, we see it here that, you know, there's a lot of driver to bring certain products to the U.S. for manufacturing versus having them manufactured in Asia or in Europe. And we see a lot of maturity in the organization to make those decisions and make it happen. And that continues to keep everything quite interesting. So as we say, opportunity-based optimization is going to be a big focus for us in the future. Certainly exciting times ahead. Alison, Jeff, thank you so much for your time today. If a listener would like to reach out to you guys to carry on this conversation, how can they find out more information about BIC and indeed contact yourselves? So for more information about BIC, you can visit our internet site of byk.com, BIC.com. And you can find me on LinkedIn, Alison Green, associated with BIC as R&D manager. Feel free to reach out to me there. Fantastic. Jeff, uh, are you also on LinkedIn, I assume? Yes, I am. So similar path to, to get in contact with me, either through LinkedIn or email. 
or learn more about BYK at our internet site. Amazing stuff. Thank you once again for your time today. It's been absolutely fascinating learning more about your roles and indeed your business here on Meet the Manufacturers. Alison, Jeff, thank you very much. Thank you, Claire. Thank you, Claire. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this edition of Meet the Manufacturers, brought to you by Manufacture CT. If you would like to find out more about Manufacture CT, or you would like to join the organization, you can visit the website manufacturect.org. This podcast is sponsored by Cone Resnick, one of the largest accounting, tax, and business advisory companies in the United States. Visit their website for more details, coneresnick.com. Cone Resnick, advisory, assurance, tax.